Hi, welcome to this Subway ad for the new Chibata collection. How do you want it? Ooh, I'll take the slam poetry. Sure. <clears throat> Italian Chibata with fresh mozzarella. When hunger reigns, you're my flavor umbrella. Tasty garlic steak and provolone. With you, my taste buds are never alone. Savory chicken pesto, you have my affection. For you complete the Chibata collection. Thank you. Get them before they're gone at Subway. Limited time only at participating restaurants. This is Movie Fighters, the podcast where Chris Sims and I, Matt Wilson, we're your hosts, we watch movies and we beat them up. And Chris, we are going back to our early days. We're going back to our roots, Matt. On this episode, and we're watching... Hi, welcome to this Subway ad for the new Chibata collection. How do you want it? Ooh, I'll take the slam poetry. Sure. Italian ciabatta with fresh mozzarella. When hunger reigns, you're my flavor umbrella. Tasty garlic steak and provolone. With you, my taste buds are never alone. Savory chicken pesto, you have my affection. For you complete the ciabatta collection. Thank you. Get them before they're gone at Subway. Limited time only at participating restaurants. A movie based on a fighting video game. In fact, we're watching one based on the Street Fighter franchise, uh, which will be the third movie in the Street Fighter franchise that we have watched for Movie Fighters. We have previously watched the movie Street Fighter with the muscles from Brussels. (laughs) Let's give that a letter grade. Let's give give these letter grades. I would say uh, Street Fighter with uh, Van Damme and Raul Julia and Kylie Minogue and uh, Ming-Na Wen. I would say that is a that that is an A plus. <laughs> that, that, that is an A plus perfect film. <laughs> I'd put it more in B territory, but okay. Uh, we've watched that one. We watched Street Fighter: The Legend of Chun Li. Right, and that stars uh, Kristen Crook and right. Taboo from, from Black the Eyed Black Eyed Peas. Uh, I would say that's an F minus. I'd say it's a D. Uh, so, so I'm being a little more judicious with my grades. You're, you're moderate. I'm a man of extremes. That's true. The movie that we're watching on this episode is actually, like, basically brand new. It was released in 2014. And it was not released as a film until January 2015. Yeah, I did not know this existed until uh, it's not on American Netflix. It is on Hulu if you want to watch along with us. Uh, but uh, our good friend Kieran Chiak, who does the uh, Journey into Misery podcast, it's on British Netflix apparently. <laughs> so he sent me a snap and he was like, oh, you guys should do this for movie fighters. And that is how I found out this movie existed. And I went and read up on it a little bit. And this it's a weird <laughs> it is a weird story behind the scenes of this this movie. Yes. This was a web series. That's well, it how started it started as a fan film. It started well, okay. It was initially a YouTube fan film in twenty ten. Produced as a proof of concept. Yes. Then Capcom greenlighted it to go ahead as a web series. There was a Kickstarter campaign to fund it, but then some mysterious private backers came in and funded it instead. So they canceled their Kickstarter. If those mysterious financial backers did not come in and identify themselves as Shadowloo, then then there's a problem with this world that we live in. <laughs> uh, and then the, it was filmed in Bulgaria. 
the the home of Street Fighter. The home of Street Fighter and Rusev, a Street Fighter character. He is, I have referred to him many times as a real-life Street Fighter character. Then it was released initially as a web series, 12 episodes that are 11 to 12 minutes each. Then it was shown on TV, or or it will be shown on TV, on a quote-unquote currently undisclosed network uh, in in a six-part miniseries where each episode is 21 to 22 minutes. And now it has been released as a feature film on DVD and Blu-ray and has somehow popped up on Hulu. Yeah, so it is... It's essentially a fan film that the people who own the thing they're making a fan film of saw it and were like, yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, you can yeah. do it if you get the money. Yeah. They and did like that's the funny thing to me. They liked it enough to say yes. They did not like it enough to put money behind it. That's right. It is gonna be in a very weird space right from the beginning. Now, the cut that we are watching is what is on Hulu as a film, and it is it is potentially the longest movie fighters movie we've ever watched. This thing clocks in at two hours and thirty-three minutes. And what's really strange about it is that there's a TV movie cut that's 105 minutes. There's a much shorter cut of this movie. Is this movie version that we're watching just the the 12 episodes of the miniseries uh, back-to-back? Yes. So it's it's just all of it cut together? It's the 12 episodes of the miniseries all smushed together with maybe like three or four minutes of additional material. Because the... 12 episodes of 12 minutes is 144 minutes. This movie's 146. Well, we probably got uh, credit, you know, credits in there. Yeah. It's, it's basically just the web series all smushed together as one thing. One thing that's really interesting about this, and, and I guess it's you know by virtue of the fact that it is a fan film and a web series, uh, I have heard of none of the actors in this. Yeah, it's. Uh, I, I was kind of scanning down the cast list. Uh, on the bright side, we do have a lot of Asian actors playing Asian roles, which is, has been a problem in the past for the Movie Fighters movies. Yeah. Uh, interestingly enough, uh, Ryu is uh, played by a Korean American actor uh, rather than a Japanese American actor. So that is that's. I think that's probably worth noting. Sure. There is no Kari Hiroyuki Tagawa, which is sad. Automatic. Like, the best this movie can do is a B. What I think is particularly interesting, though, is that this is the only Street Fighter movie that seems to even, like, attempt to do... And I don't know, maybe it doesn't. We'll just have to watch it and see. But it seems like it kind of attempts to follow the video game story a little more than other movies have in the past. Because the, the first Street Fighter movie focuses on Guile, who is not mm-hmm. the star of the series. Right. The second one focuses on Chun-Li, who is not the star of the series. Right. This one focuses on, ostensibly, the two lead characters of the game series, Ryu and Ken. Yep, but here's the thing about that. Like, it, that, is a, that is a thing that we've talked about. Um, but also... Ryu and Ken are the most boring characters in Street Fighter. <laughs> they are ostensibly the main characters. They're the ones that the, the series is built around. But they are also the most boring characters. Like Ryu, like Ryu does not really have an arc, you know? Like all the all the stuff with Ryu and the Dark Hado, which I think is what this movie is probably gonna focus on, that tends to be the stuff that interests me the least out of Street Fighter. And and you know, you and I should say we are fans of Street Fighter. I'm I'm a fan of the the storyline. I've I've written for the Street Fighter comics. Like, yeah, I like Ryu and Ken, but I like them as part of an ensemble that includes, you know, the characters that I like more. <laughs> that includes Chun Li. You know, uh, Sakura completely changes Ryu's character. Like Sakura and Ryu are a great pair uh, because they can contrast with each other. And I'm hoping that we're going to get a nice little contrast between Ken and Ryu here. Because if we don't, this is just going to be Dragon Ball Evolution again. That's fair. I mean, the only other Street Fighter characters, from what I can tell, 
that appear in this are Goken, who is Ryu and Ken's master, right. and Akuma. I don't see anybody else from the franchise showing up in this. Which makes it sound like it could it could possibly be a little boring. And we have we have said we said to each other before we started recording, we reserve the right to skip ahead. In yes, this. look, this thing's two hours and thirty three minutes long. I have not eaten since breakfast. I have snacks. I'm going to be eating some snacks, Matt. I apologize; they are crunchy. That's fine. But if this th- if this thing sags we're we're hitting fast forward yeah so let's let's just go ahead and move forward chris pause this do a little musical interlude watch the movie and come back We are back from that marathon of a film. Here's the thing: like, I feel like I have wasted the day, and we we skipped we skipped about forty five minutes of that movie. Maybe half. It probably an hour. wasn't that long. It was probably about we, half hour. We skipped maybe half an hour, and we missed nothing. Yeah, I mean, we are we are almost exactly two hours from when we started recording. This is maybe the longest movie we've ever watched for Movie Fighters. It's if not the longest, it's close. And I feel like we can go through the plot lightning fast. Oh yeah, like I could do this in like one sentence. Alright, let's let's do the one sentence attempt. Okay. Uh, Ken and Ryu learn how to do Hadoukens, and then their master gets killed by Akuma. But we don't even see that happen. We do that's right, that's right. So it's really just Ken and Ryu learn how to do Hadokens. <laughs> well okay, so there are really like like three parts to the movie. I wouldn't say there are three acts, because... No, <laughs> that, requ- that implies a structure that this movie definitely lacks. Yeah, th- th- this movie does not have uh, a structure like that. I think... Well, things take place in three different time periods. There's the 1950s, uh, like 1957, 58. Yeah, I think that's what it was. What happens in that part of the movie is that Goken who ends up being Ryu and Ken's master, and his brother Goki get trained by their master, Gotetsu, mm-hmm. who teaches them you know, the fighting style of Ansetsuken. But during their training, Goki figures out how to do the Satsui no Hado, which is like the dark version. It's the dark Hado. It's the Dark Hado. And he gets thrown out of the training program. The dojo. Yeah. When he gets thrown out, he, he become Goki gets even like darker and further into it. When he shows back up at the dojo later, he is fully Akuma. Even though the name Akuma is never mentioned in this movie. I think they, he mentions it at the very end. He says, like he says something like, you know, there's nothing left of Goki. It's only Akuma. Okay. He comes back and he kills Gotetsu. Which sends Goken into a terrible depression. And and, one- and now Goken is the master of the style. Because he's the only one left who knows it. Right. Also during that, there's like a love triangle thing with Gotetsu's niece. Who was initially like involved with Goki... But then she starts getting on with Goken, which is another reason that Goki gets jealous and learns the dark stuff. Who, by the way, is literally the only woman in this movie. She is the woman in this movie. I mean, this movie has a very small cast to begin with, but like, literally the only woman in this movie. And you know how she exits the movie? She just goes away. Uh, leaves. Goken is super sad that his master died, and then she leaves and says, like, you got to learn some stuff on your own, Goken, so I'm leaving. So that's the flashback stuff. 
in the 50s. There's some flashback stuff in the 70s where Ryu and Ken are kids. Uh, we see Ryu get basically adopted by Goken, where uh, he is like a mute homeless boy that Goken decides to raise, and then we see the origin of his name. Oh, this movie is full of origins of stuff, by the way. This movie, there's so many origins of things. Like, I am going to tell you, this is a literal list of things we get origins for in this movie. Uh, Ryu's name. Ryu's headband. Akuma's uh, necklace that he wears. Uh, what, what else? The gloves. The, the kanji the, on Akuma's back. The kanji on Akuma's back. The gloves that Ryu and Ken wear have an origin story. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like Ken's haircut. Ken's haircut. And also, like, the, the bigger thing, which is the Hadouken and the Shoryuken. Right. Uh, there's, I think there's more origin stuff for Akuma. Uh, oh, why he ties his hair up. <laughs> um, it does not give an origin for his belt or his hair color. Which kind of ruined the end of the movie for us, I think. Um, are th- what what are the other are there other origins? I feel like we're missing some. We're probably missing something, but like, I think all you need to know is that no joke, we get an origin for Ryu's headband, and it's funny because in the scene before, Matt, you pointed out you're like, oh hey, he's wearing a white headband instead of a red headband. And then, like, immediately after that, like, as soon as you had said that, we get an origin for why he has a red headband. Yeah. And in case you were curious as to why, he and Ken have a big fight to, to determine, I don't know, who has trained better or whatever. And Ken hits him with his fiery dragon uppercut and hurts Ryu's head. Like, his head is busted open. So Ken rips off part of his red gi and ties it onto Ryu's head. That's the origin of the headband. And then, and then he says, and then he says, keep it as a memento. Of our battle. Of our battle. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like, so, so, okay, the third time period is the present, which is actually 1987, which is, like, seriously, everything that happens is that Ken and Ryu learn how to do a Dukens. Ryu toys around with the Dark Hado, but decides not to use it. Then they leave, and Goken and Akuma face each other at the end, and don't even fight. Yeah, it, they square off, and it cuts to black, and we get credits. And then there's this a post-credit scene... Where Ken and Ryu are at San Francisco airport, and there's a Shadaloo suitcase. Yeah, you see, like, Bison's symbol on a crate yeah. that, that is being wheeled by. This movie's really frustrating. <laughs> that's everything movie, that happens in the movie. Like, plot-wise, yeah, basically. That, that's everything that happens in the movie. It's two and a half hours long. Most of, like, it's all told out of order and through flashbacks. And those flashbacks are shown multiple times. Because we're watching a web series, like, episodes of series that have been put together. But the thing is, like, with a web series, you do not need to show flashbacks multiple times, because it's a web series, and you can just go watch it. I was begging, as we watched this, I was begging for that 105-minute cut. Yeah, but, now, here's the... Okay, we've basically gone through everything that happens in the movie, so... Here's my question for you, Matt. Do you think there's a cut of this movie that's good because that's a thing that we run into with a lot of these movies. Like most of the bad movies that we watch are bad, at least in part because they go on too long. Like there are really meandery scenes. Like you could be like, Oh yeah, you can, you can cut that out. Like I think with uh, what was it? Dracula untold. We were like, yeah, like there's a, like you could cut this movie to the bone and have something that was way more entertaining. Yeah. I don't even know. Do you think, I don't even know if that's the best example, but uh, yeah. Do you think that there is a like the 105 minute cut of this movie is good? Like, do you think that there could be you could take what we just watched, cut a bunch of it out, and end up with a good movie? No, I don't either. Because what they're showing isn't interesting anyway. Well, 
the, the biggest flaw of the movie is that there is no plot to speak of. Yeah, nothing happens. There's like, no conflict. Okay, so there's a scene that seems like it's setting up the climax of the movie. Where Akuma shows up at the dojo where Goken is training Ryu and Ken. And he and Ken, he and Goken face each other. They have some dialogue exchange. And Akuma basically tells Goken, you're not ready to fight me yet. I'm going to leave. And then I'm going to come back when I feel the Dark Hado again. And then I'm going to kill you. Ryu and Ken see him. They see Akuma as he's leaving. And they ask, who's that guy? What is that about? Which, that all leads you to believe that the climax of the movie is going to be maybe Ryu and Ken trying to save Goken from Akuma. Or like, Goken being killed by Akuma, and then Ryu and Ken fighting him away. That's not what happens. Ryu Ryu and Ken just leave. And I think that's like, this movie is attempting to fit into game continuity, right? Right. So there can't be anything that we see later, like that we know from the games. There can't be any piece of the story that we know from the games. It all has to be stuff that would be in place before that. But we don't even get the interesting stuff from before the games. Like we don't see the fight with Akuma. We don't see Ryu fighting Sagat. Like, we literally just see Ryu and Ken learning how to do Hadoukens. Because that, that story, that, those stories are told in Street Fighter Alpha. Yeah. So this, yeah. This, movie, like, this movie is trying to do absolute strict adherence to the game continuity. And it suffers so badly for it. Yeah. There's like a 15-minute like period, maybe one of those 12-minute episodes, where this movie gets really good. Yeah, really it was like really fun there towards the end. Towards the end, there's maybe half an hour left. So it's it's maybe like episode nine it's, or ten of it's the like web a hundred, series. It's like an hour and fifty-four minutes in is where yeah. it starts. It so I guess it's like episode ten of the web series. And we see like Goken sending Ryu and Ken out to prepare for their fight with each other. Their fight the Ryu and Ken's big fight near the end of the movie is probably the best scene of the entire movie. For all we've said about how like meandering and bad this movie is, when fights actually happen, they're good. Yeah, no, like the biggest problem with the fights is that they're they have the Zack Snyder slow down speed up thing going on, right. which is completely unnecessary because Christian Howard, who plays Ken, and Mike Moe, who plays Ryu, they're really good. Like they're legitimately impressive dudes like doing fight stuff. Yeah. Like they're they look really great. Uh, the fights actually look really cool. They really flow well. The, they're shot really well too. the The problem is that there are almost no fights in this movie. There are a handful. It, it's at least forty five minutes into this movie before we get what we would call a fight. I there's, would say there's at something least. there's something resembling a fight very early on when Ken's dad initially brings him to the dojo in the 70s. And then he and Ryu meet each other. They put on their original punch pads that uh, cannot withstand Ansetsuken fighting. Right, they, they can't withstand the Hado, so they have to get special, special gloves. Yeah, uh, Ken burns his off when he does his fiery dragon punch. But when they first meet each other... Uh, like, Ken starts talking shit to Ryu, and so Ryu punches him out. And it's it's like that scene from uh, the first G.I. Joe movie, where young Snake Eyes and Storm Shadow fight each other. Well, we thought it was going to be like that. I mean, it's a lot shorter. It's but like, I, I do like it when kids in movies fight each other. <laughs> that, okay. The Look, the G.I. Joe movies are not good. The G.I. Joe movies are, in fact, pretty bad. But I can't ever hate them. Because that second one has the RZA going, Storm Shadow, prepare for battle! (laughs) And that first one has nine-year-old Snake Eyes and nine-year-old Storm Shadow in 
what is like at least a five minute fight scene, just beating the shit out of each other. And it's a death match. Like they're fighting <laughs> it's a like death they're match. They're going to kill each other. <laughs> these these tiny children who again are like super good at karate are like trying to kill each other with martial arts. This movie, it's literally just like Ken pops Ryu in the nose and then Ryu throws Ken down. Yeah. Like that's it. Um, there, there's at least one other fight between Ryu and Ken that's pretty good, where they're doing like straight up Street Fighter moves to each other. Ryu does the back throw that Ryu does, and Ken does the forward throw that Ken does. Yeah, and like those parts were neat. And then there's also a part where uh, Ryu and Ken and Goken, like, they spend a long sh- section of the movie. At the original dojo where Goken was taught. So there's, like, not any technology there or anything. It's basically a dojo from the 17th century. Yeah, this this movie partially takes place in the uh, 1600s. <laughs> yeah. But then they go back to Goken's dojo, which is, like, half dojo, half 1980s house. I, I remember what we forgot. I remember what we forgot that we got the origin for. What? We got the origin for Ryu's stage music. Oh, yeah. <laughs> an old man can play it on a, on a flute. There's, like, an old fisherman. Who is the who, only comic relief in the movie. Yeah, and he's, like, like again, he is dressed like this is a period piece. And he is like, yeah, I'm going to write you a song. And it's kind of a recurring thing through the movie, and he finally writes a song. Uh, he also refers to Ken as woman. Yes. <laughs> like, Shut up, woman. Yes. <laughs> Which, look, that's not a cool thing to say to anyone, but it did strike me as really funny. <laughs> I was waiting. I was waiting for the reveal that that old man was Gotetsu. Yeah, I was like, I was t- like, th- he was anybody, but he wasn't. He was but just no, he's just man. some weird old dude who who gives Ryu his stage music and hates Ken because he's a foreigner <laughs> and really hates Ken because he's a long-haired foreigner. Yeah. There's a part where Goken's dojo is revealed as an 80s house. And, like, Ken and Ryu have, like, this... Even though they are grown men, they are at least in their 20s. They have this, like, 1980s kid's room with a, a, a TV set and a Nintendo. And there's a part where Goken brings them Mega Man 2. Yeah, because Ken's dad sends it to him. Yeah. And they open it up and go, Mega Man 2! And then they go play it. And it's like an entirely different movie. Like, immediately after that... By the way, their copy of Mega Man 2 is in English. And they're supposed to be in Japan. I do not get that at all. Well, it's because Ken's dad bought it, obviously. He bought the English version? Yeah, well, he bought it in San Francisco. I guess. Yeah. And then shipped it to Japan. Well, well, also, they have an NES and not a Famicom, if you want to really get into it. Fair. That's true. Immediately after that... They train to music on a boombox. Yeah, they're like to a remix of, of reused stage music. Yeah, like blasting on a boombox while they like lift weights in the yard. Like that's that is the movie I would have liked to see. Yeah, like look, there's something to be said for this movie not totally giving in to fan service. Like only the characters that are in this story appear in this story. Not even, like, characters who you think might appear are in this, like Sakura, right? There is no Sakura. There is only Ryuken, Goken, Akuma, Gotetsu, the niece. And the and old man. The old man. And that's it. And that's it. Like, it's a really, and a like, servant it's a really guy. small cast. There's a servant guy. Uh, yeah, Senzo. Who gets a long scene at the end that is totally unnecessary. <laughs> There's a lot of long scenes in this thing that are really unnecessary. But, like, this thing's called Street Fighter The Assassin's Fist. For there to be this little fighting in this movie is ridiculous. Like, especially because, like, everyone involved in this movie is, like, a for real martial artist. I, I don't get why you wouldn't start with fights and end with fights and have fights in the middle. And I kind of understand why, because there's only like five characters in the movie and, you know, 
two of them are dead and out of the picture before two of them, you know, are in the movie. But like, that's why there's eight characters in street fighter (laughs) one so that you can fight people. Yeah. I guess I, I assume the other reason is budget. Yeah. Like fights, especially these fights that involve a lot of Hadouken special effects and Dragon Punch special effects. Yeah, but I feel like what you could do is you have the fights, like you do a lot of fights, and then the fight at the end, like at the last dragon, right? The fight at the right. end is the one where you do the special effects. Yeah. I mean, like, that makes sense. Even the like even the training sequences are mega boring, like when they're learning how to do Hadoukens. Yeah. And I think part of that is because it's a foregone conclusion. Like, yeah, we know Ryu can do a Hadoken. We know Ken but, can do a Hadoken. We know Ken yeah. can do a Dragon Punch. Yeah, it's like... there. It is an origin story for something that we don't need an origin for. And yeah. that we have kind of seen the origin for. If, you know, if you're a Street Fighter fan, you've probably watched, you know, a Street Fighter anime movie or two. You've probably seen Street Fighter Alpha. If you've seen Street Fighter Alpha, this is pointless. You know, from a plot standpoint. You get to right. see dudes who... Like, you get to see some super good-looking, super ripped dudes as Ken and Ryu, uh, if, if that is a thing you, you're into. Like, I, I do not saying, want to take anything away from those dudes. They are good-looking and cut. I kept saying throughout this that the guy who was playing Ken looked like a ripped Jared Leto. He does. Which, yeah, I mean, that's, that's what he, like, uh, they are not great actors, but they are good fighters. Ken is not a great actor. Christian Howard is not a great actor. Uh, Mike Moe, I actually thought was really good. Yeah, he's not like, bad. Uh, Ken Ken is not as good as good of an actor as the actor actor who played Ryu. No, and, but he does like he does look like he does look like Ryu stepped out of the video game. You know, like yeah. I can I, I I get it. And he's again like all the 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 fight choreography and the stunt work. Like, and I'm pretty sure all the fight choreography was done by uh, Joey Anza, who is the the director, um, the director and the the writer. Um, Christian Howard also co-wrote this. Uh, who, Christian Howard, who plays Ken, is the okay. co-writer. The thing that I said after we watched it was that this is, in every way, a two-and-a-half-hour fan film. <laughs> yeah. Like, because it is literally, like, written, directed, and acted largely by three dudes who are probably friends, but probably friends from doing martial arts. <laughs> right. And I'll say, like, the, the actor who plays Go Ken is not bad. He has some not great moments. Yeah. Uh, but he is not bad. No, he's not. Like, the, the, worst, the worst actor in this movie is Christian Howard. And he's still, like, he's still serviceable. Yeah, he's just got some bad line deliveries yeah. uh, well, here and there. The thing is, like, in the... It's weird that he's the writer, because in the scenes where, you know, they're having a little more fun, like, in the scenes where he's like, you know, oh, it's Mega Man 2. <laughs> like... Like that stuff comes off as really good, I think. It's the it's like all the serious stuff that I think is And so really much of this movie with. so much of this movie is the serious stuff. Yeah. Um but like I don't think there's anything else much to say about the like what happens in this movie. I think we've yeah. covered it. Yeah, I mean like nothing happens in this movie and it happens for two and a half hours. Alright, then I guess it's time to just move on to high points. I can't believe that we watched like I can't believe that we watched a two-and-a-half-hour movie, and this is going to be like a 45-minute podcast. Yeah. High points like, of Street Fighter Assassin's Fist. The choreography is really good. The fight choreography is really good. The fights look really good when they're not Zack Snydered up. By and large, the like the, the cinematography and the actual like photography of everything, this movie looks good. It looks professional. Yeah, like uh, our biggest complaint about Legend of Chun-Li was that it was shot like garbage. Yeah. You know? This the, movie is shot way better than Legend of Chun-Li was. The fight between Gotetsu and Akuma, like in the flashback, is really dark. And I think it and I think it's done like that so you don't get to see Akuma, which is weird because if you're watching this, you know what Akuma looks like, like why would you? Also, <laughs> like, Akuma would you hide it? Also, Akuma already appeared. Like yeah. you didn't, you didn't see his full face, but he appeared in the light in the scene where he goes to the dojo to confront Goken. That aside, like everything's really well lit. Uh, all the sets actually look really good. I mean, there's like three of them, but everything looks nice. 
Yeah. It does not at all look like Japan. No, it looks like Canada, <laughs> even though it is Bulgaria. It is Bulgaria. It could not look less like Japan or more like Canada, <laughs> which I think is hilarious. Um, uh, but no, I, like, from a technical standpoint, like, everything, like, this movie looks way better than The Legend of Chun-Li, which is, you know, was a... A theatrical release. A theatrical release. Like, I'm not going to say big budget, but it obviously had a budget. Yeah. Um, along those lines, the special effects in this are very good. Uh, like, there's a scene where the old fisherman challenges Ryu and Ken to fire a Hadouken across a lake to see if they can get it to the other side. And there's an effect where they shoot the Hadouken and it makes the water churn up. Yeah, and it, it like looks ripples good. the water. It looks good. Yeah. There, I mean, there are other special effects that look good as well. Uh, like the stuff with the the kanji on Akuma's back. The 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 when the the kanji gets burned in his back is really cool. Like all the all the street fightery stuff, you know, all the Hadoukens, all the Shoryukens, uh, all the like they do the uh, the Tatsumaki Zumpuyaku kick, I think is what it's called. Like that, like everything looks good, whether it's you know special effects or whether it's just dudes doing martial arts at each other. Like it all looks good, and yeah. the fights, I think, like. There's a couple really, really good fights with Ken and Ryu that, like, unfortunately are few and, few and far between. <laughs> yeah, they're few and far between, and they don't really go anywhere. All right, now that we've we've already started in on it, I guess, low points of this movie. I, I mean, I think we've already covered a lot of them. It's, it's the cardinal sin, dude. It's boring. It's boring. It's meandering. It's boring. You know... We skipped – we – admittedly, we skipped parts of this movie. We missed nothing at all. Yeah. And we did not skip as much as I wanted to. After the skips, there were a couple times we were like, okay, who's that character? Like it had introduced a new character. But then we quickly figured it out. Like somebody would say, she's uh, – you know, she's Gotetsu's niece. And we're yeah. like, oh, okay. Yeah, but it's like – there's so much that's unnecessary in this movie, but if you cut away everything that was unnecessary, it would be half an hour long. Like yeah. all you need to see of certain things, like, like there's a scene after um, Gotetsu dies where we see uh, Goken being really sad for a really long time. And you were like, you know, you identified like, okay, this 10 seconds is all they need to see to get this information across. Yeah. There's a scene where, uh, Goken is sitting by the grave, Gotetsu's grave. He holds up a sake cup to the grave and then puts down the container of sake on the side of the grave, and he's drunk, so it falls off and it spills. Mm-hmm. That is enough to show that he is sad and he is drinking himself into a stupor. Yeah. That's all you needed. Also, like, like, look, I like fan service. I really do. When you're and when you're doing a project like this, there is a level that is expected. But the level that is expected is not every piece of clothing Ryu wears needs to have an origin story. Like, do you know why Ryu wears a headband? Well, it's probably because he gets sweaty sometimes. Yeah, it, it <laughs> doesn't, doesn't matter that, that he, in his eyes. It doesn't it matter that we need to know why his is red. Yeah. All right. Are we doing final thoughts? I just read that they were planning a second season of Joey Anash's Street Fighter stuff. And it is called, like, this one was called Assassin's Fist. The next one is called World Warriors, which is, you know, Street Fighter 2. Right. I kind of want to see it. Because I feel like every problem that we have with this movie is fixed by not making it a prequel anymore. Like, if they actually, like, if this did well, and this did well enough to, you know, to to get a sequel, to get Capcom to approve a sequel, then they can bring in the other characters and then spend a lot of time doing interesting fights, you know? Like, I feel like there is potential there. Like, as bad as this was, and, and look, I I hated this. 
I hated every second of watching this because it's so boring and like, and so dry and pointless. <laughs> like, I like all the people involved. In it. <laughs> like, no one in this movie came off as a pain to watch, you know. And I feel like if they if they go okay, now we get to play with the stuff everybody likes. I feel like they could do a good one. Yeah, I mean, if they could cherry-pick the stuff from this that's enjoyable and make that the whole thing, then it could be worthwhile. Yeah, Like, do the fun stuff, don't do the meandering melodrama. Yeah, like, like Ryu and Ken in this movie are likable enough. You know, Mike Moe and Christian Howard are likable enough that I would I would be really into seeing them you know, travel around the world and, and fight Zangief, you know, like even if it's just a bunch of green screen stuff, like even if it's just, you know, we're pretending we're in Russia, we're we're pretending we're in Japan for this whole movie. But like, if we could get a little bit of that, like, I feel like they could, you know, follow Ken and Ryu and do something interesting, like contrasting them with the other characters. Yeah, I mean, like, I think we could get a Dalsim that actually stretches. Yeah, like, I would love to see the version of Guile that exists in this movie. Because the more Street Fighter stuff you add in, and, and the reason I think people latch on to Ken and Ryu, right? Like, just like with comics, there is, there's a level where you want, where, where fans want this stuff to be serious, Right. And Ken and Ryu kind of have the most serious story. It's, you know, the man struggling with the darkness within him. And he has the potential to, you know, you know like you said, evil Ryu is a character in Street Fighter. <laughs> he, is a, he is an actual character that you can pick yeah, in Street like, Fighter. So, and, and that's Ryu, another fan service thing that sort of gets an origin in this. Yeah. Like, the, the notion of evil Ryu. Like, his story is the most serious one, arguably. Even though, you know, Chun-Li is a cop looking for the man who killed her father. Right. But like, you know, Blanca is a jungle monster. (laughs) Like even Ken has a little more comic relief in his story by itself of like, you know, going off to fight for his family and then coming back to support them. And like, he's always like smiling and thumbs upping and peace signing, you know, like, yeah, he, even his story is pretty different from Ryu's. Yeah, but you know, there's there's a certain kind of fan, and you know, I'm not saying this is this is a good or bad thing. There's a certain kind of fan that is attracted to the more serious elements because they like the storyline and they want the storyline to be taken seriously. Like you and me, we we like you know Sakura and and Ibuki and like Blanca and and the the Van Damme movie. Like I want yeah. the weird stuff, but I think the kind of seriousness of what they're trying to do with this, which is the Ken Ryu Akuma Dark Hido stuff. If you added a little bit of the rest of the weirdness from Street Fighter, if you added in M. Bison, like if you even just just added in M. Bison, you could get something that was a lot more palatable because you wouldn't just be having two guys getting ready to fight each other for an hour at a time. And I don't even think you have to put them in the movie proper. Just have them existing in the background. Yeah, yeah. Like, have a scene, instead of dozens of flashback scenes that accomplish what you could accomplish. Like, this movie ends with flashbacks to the flashbacks. It really does. Where you see everything that happened between Goken and Akuma, and Gotetsu in maybe, like, four minutes of montage. Yeah. That's all you needed. It really is. They could have done, they could have shown just that montage of flashbacks and gotten across the same information. Yeah. The origin story of Ken and Ryu before Street Fighter 2, before the video game, cannot... Can t- like cannot stand for two and a half hours. So, but instead of that, have scenes where like Ken and Ryu are watching TV, and Balrog is in a boxing match, or or have them like have the news on and stuff about Shadowloo being on the news, or or you know do what they did in the comics and like 
Ryu is traveling around learning to fight from different people. Like, he wants to learn to fight from Dalsim. He wants to learn to fight from Zangief. Like, and, and Ken is maybe trying to, to find him. Like, there are things you can do with these characters. Like, these characters are kind of weird enough and, in a lot of ways, one-note enough that you could throw them into a movie and do anything you wanted with them. I mean, you're, I think you're already writing a movie that this movie didn't have the budget for. Yeah, no, of, uh, I, I know. But, but like, there, there, were, there are ways that they could have accomplished it. Instead yeah. of, like, the way we ended up describing this movie as it was ending is, like, when you were in college and somebody asked you to write a 20-page research paper. And your first thought was, oh, shit, how am I going to fill 20 pages with, with this write, like with this thing? And then you end up just, like, trying to put in as much filler as you can so you can reach the page limit. It feels like this is, like, writers just putting in as much filler as they could to fill 12 episodes of a web series. Mm -hmm. It really does. And I feel like there's a way that they could have done this same story. Like, there's a way they could have hit these same beats that I think would have been better than what we got, like, with all the flashbacks and the way that it's so disjointed in the storytelling. Like, it could have been Ken and Ryu learning the Hadouken, right? Yeah. And Ryu's comes out weird. And he's like, okay, that's not, like, that wasn't what I wanted to happen. Like, maybe it blows up the dojo or something. And, uh, and that's when, you know, Goken can be like, oh, that's the Dark Hado. Let me tell you about, like, my, my brother. Uh, and then you get that flashback and that story, which you could cut down to about ten minutes. And then he goes, yeah, since you used that, he probably sensed it and he's gonna come fight me and kill me. <laughs> like, there's a way to get through all this stuff quickly in a much more efficient way. Well, you ask I me, think. you ask me, is there a cut of this movie that could be good? Yeah. And I said, no. No. I think I'm changing my mind. There is. And it's 22 minutes long. See, uh, like, I don't even think there is. Because I think what they, what they have chosen, like the footage that we just watched, is inherently uninteresting. Well, I think it has like to you be You would recut. have to just shoot 22 new minutes. I think it has to be recut drastically. Uh-huh. But there are things that happen. Like, I think you keep the flashbacks out of it completely until the very end. Like, you don't know what happened between Goken and Akuma until the very end. And then we see the flashbacks when they confront each other. Mm-hmm. Up to that point... It's sort of a mystery what happened between them. We only see the clues. Like, okay, there's a scene early on in this where Ken goes into Goken's old room in his old dojo, and he finds a book that basically teaches the Dark Hado. Mm-hmm. And so Ken starts toying around with the Dark Hado, and Goken's like, how did you find out about this? And Ken says, well, I found this book. And then Goken takes the book and burns it in his hand. Right? Right. If that was told in an expedient and interesting, an interesting way, where we weren't already learning about all the stuff about Goken's past, you might be like, well, why is he burning that? What's so bad about what that is? And then that could be revealed, you know? But that's mm-hmm. not how any of this plays out. Right. I think there's a very, very drastic recut not just shortening it down, but actually rearranging the story beats entirely, where this becomes a palatable story. Yeah. Um, so I guess I guess that's that's a long final thought segment. But yeah, like I did not like this at all. But I would like to see these guys get another shot. Like I feel like they probably learned a lot from doing this. They are you know? on the cusp of being good. Yeah. Like the next one. Could be really good. It, I feel like this is our same experience with RoboCop 2014. Uh-huh. To a much, to like an even greater degree. Yeah, well, like, look, I mean, for one thing, we definitely did not like this as much as we liked RoboCop 2014. Not at all. But like, even though it is a bad movie, there is potential in it. Mm-hmm. That is, I think that is where we're coming down on it. We have watched the longest movie We've ever watched in Movie Fighters history, 
we may have recorded one of, if not our shortest episode, one of our shortest episodes. Yeah. Okay, uh, well, let's 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 come down on this. Would you recommend people watch this? No. Yeah, me either. Uh, we did find out though, because Hulu is suggesting it. Since I watched the complete Street Fighter Assassin's Fist, uh, Tekken Two is on Hulu. Matt. Yeah, I I saw that a while back. Uh, I, I in fact told you about that. Did you really? And you dismissed it out of hand. <laughs> Can you blame me? <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. Well, if you would like to, if you would like to hear more of uh, Matt and I talking about Street Fighter, um, our episode about Street Fighter and our episode about Street Fighter: The Legend of Chun Li. Wait, did we actually do an episode of Street Fighter? Or was that a comics? No, that Alliance? was a comics alliance. Uh, okay. Write-up. You can go read that at Comics Alliance. But uh, Street Fighter: The Legend of Chun Li, uh, we did as an episode of Movie Fighters. In the Bandcamp years, uh, so you can go check that out on uh, uh, moviefighters.bandcamp.com. You can also grab the uh, full original season, all 25 episodes, uh, and that is a lot of fun. Yeah, in one but, handy package. It's all in one big album on yeah. on uh, Bandcamp. And you will find out why I am so dismissive of the very idea of watching Tekken 2. If you want us to watch Tekken 2 and you would like to suggest it to us... You can do so on uh, our email address, which is moviefighterscast at gmail.com, or on Tumblr at moviefighters.tumblr.com, or our website, which is moviefighterscast.com, in our comments section. Uh, But that's it for this episode of Movie Fighters. We came in in under an hour, which is rare for us. Which is ridiculous, because this movie was so long. Yep. Uh, Our music is by Michael Kill. Our website was designed by Sean Boggess. We will be back in two weeks with another episode. Perhaps Tekken 2. Perhaps we're going to take on the series of movies that we have been talking about and uh, dive into Left Behind. Uh, Let us know what you would prefer on our website or elsewhere. For now, thanks for listening, everybody. Hi, welcome to this Subway ad for the new Chibata collection. How do you want it? Ooh, I'll take the slam poetry. Sure. Italian Chibata with fresh mozzarella. When hunger reigns, you're my flavor umbrella. Tasty garlic steak and provolone. With you, my taste buds are never alone. Savory chicken pesto. You have my affection. For you complete the Chibata collection. Thank you. Get them before they're gone at Subway. Limited time only at participating restaurants. Hi, welcome to this Subway ad for the new Chibata collection. How do you want it? Ooh, I'll take the slam poetry. Sure. Italian Chibata with fresh mozzarella. When hunger reigns, you're my flavor umbrella. Tasty garlic steak and provolone. With you, my taste buds are never alone. Savory chicken pesto. You have my affection. For you complete the Chibata collection. Thank you. Get them before they're gone at Subway. Limited time only at participating restaurants.